welcome to the Voice of Family Business on Capitol Hill. It's great to have you with us. With each podcast from Family Enterprise USA, we bring you the latest news, expert opinions, and insights affecting the country's largest employer, the American family business. If you like this series, please remember to subscribe and sign up for alerts as future shows are posted wherever you download your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Intellex, global manufacturer of sustainable ingredients for the beauty and personal care industries. In this episode, we bring you a timely discussion between Family Enterprise USA's Pat Soldano and Capitol Hill policy expert Karen Street of the influential Washington, D.C. law and lobbying firm Squire Patton Boggs. They'll be talking to Congressional Leader Representative Brad Schneider of Illinois' 10th District, a co-chair of the new Congressional Family Business Caucus. Now, let's listen in on what these experts have to say about the Family Business Caucus and the direction Congress is headed this year. So welcome to today's podcast. I'm Pat Soldano, president of Family Enterprise USA and the Policy and Taxation Group. If you don't know who we are, we advocate for multi-generational family businesses and their lifetime of savings and investment in their businesses around the country from all industries, all sizes, big and small. Today, we're asking the question, with the formation of the new Congress and a new Congressional Family Business Caucus, which we're very excited about, we're discussing changes as it relates to legislation and actions affecting our largest private sector employer, and that is the American family business. I am delighted to have with me one of the co-chairs of the Congressional Family Business Caucus, Representative Brad Schneider. He is a Democrat representing Illinois' 10th Congressional District, which covers the suburbs of Chicago. Representative Schneider knows the importance of growing family businesses, having worked as a management consultant and industrial engineer before going to Congress for the first time in 2013. He's a member of the Ways and Means Committee, a powerful committee that oversees all federal tax policy and the foreign affairs. Welcome, Representative Schneider. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm also pleased to be joined by my good friend, Karen Street of Squire Patton Boggs. Karen is one of the most respected policy shapers and insiders in Washington, D.C., with 14 years of bipartisan, bicameral, and leadership experience on Capitol Hill. She joined the firm in May of 2021 after serving executive director of the Congressional Back Caucus and chief of staff to then Karen Bass, a Democrat from California who's now mayor of Los Angeles. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Pat. Good to be here. It's great having you here, and thank you both for making the time from very busy schedules. So let's get right into it. And Congressman Snyder, I'm, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to ask the question first of you. One new development that we want to talk about in depth today is the formation of this new Congressional Family Business Caucus, which everyone here is deeply involved in creating. We just talked about Representative Snyder coming out of management consulting. And, and so when you did that, I'm sure you worked with many family businesses. Could you please share with us some of your experiences working with those family businesses and maybe some of the observations that help you today in your job in Congress? Sure. And Lisa, it's, it's an honor to be here. And I'm excited to have this conversation. More excited about the fact that we we stood up this caucus and, and what it holds, the promise it holds for the future. We abbreviated my biography a little bit. I, I did management consulting, but also owned and operated a, a life insurance agency, working primarily in both cases with family-owned, closely held businesses. So I spent much of my career working with companies that had a longer term view than uh, a typical public company, for example, was looking across generations, invested in its community, invested in its workers in, in ways oftentimes distinct 
from a, a non-family business. And uh, it was a, a great privilege. There were absolutely challenges. Uh, family business, you have the dynamics within a family, whether it's sibling rivalries or whatever the case might be that you don't have in other businesses, but also you have the joy of going from generation to generation and uh, celebrating uh, traditions that aren't just within the corporate culture, but are a reflection of the, the values of the family itself. Well, I appreciate that. So, Karen, uh, you've been instrumental in helping us shape this caucus for family businesses and helping us to secure some of the co-chairs, uh, members of the caucus. So this is the first congressional caucus focused solely on critical issues affecting family businesses. In fact, the caucus had its first meeting yesterday. As one of the behind-the-scenes shaper of the caucus, how can you walk us through what it took to get to this point, how the caucus was formed, its mission, and how you see it helping family businesses? Yeah, thank you for the question. I think um, it, it starts with the principle that the best policies are shaped and formed when the constituents impacted by those policies have a seat at the table and their voices are are uplifted. And you know, Pat, you've you've been a fierce champion for family business for for so long. Uh, we're we're happy to to work alongside you. But I think one of the things that I've noticed, um, and I'm sure you're you're well aware of, is the fact that sometimes when you go to Capitol Hill and talk about family businesses and the challenges that they face, you notice that there are a lot of misconceptions. There's either the assumption that it's solely focused on small businesses, or there are kind of the worst narratives of larger corporations. And the idea was that there, there really was a gap and a void that could be filled in educating members and staff about who family businesses are, the contributions that they make on on our economy, as well as within their communities. So uh, we took a look and found that there was no such family business caucus. Uh, and so we started the process of reaching out to a number of different offices to gauge their interest in joining that type of caucus, really without a focus on any kind of policy agenda, but really just for the sake of connecting with family-owned businesses and uplifting their voices in Capitol Hill. Uh, so we did have a priority around members uh, like Congressman Snyder who have that personal connectivity to family-owned businesses because they have that a kind of rich history and deep understanding of what it takes to be successful. And we were very fortunate to find uh, not just two, but four members in the House uh, who were willing to, to take on the charge. Uh, so they set out to establish the caucus formally with the House Administration Committee, uh, which was formed in, in February once committee assignments were, were finally coming together and are now working to reach out to their colleagues to to get them to join the the caucus and the mission really as i said is is to educate members so you know with respect to what we hope to see from this caucus uh, pat as you mentioned it's an education caucus and quite a few of the of my colleagues perhaps even most of my colleagues have have little or no awareness of what a family business is what makes it special and, and that it is a oftentimes a sector unto itself so we start with expanding awareness sharing the concept of a family business with more of my colleagues, moving from awareness to appreciation uh, so that people can really appreciate what makes the family business distinct. What is the, the value, not just in economic sense, but the value to the community, the, the value uh, to the employees, et cetera, uh, from awareness to understanding and ultimately 
we're, we want to expand the number of champions we have advocating for uh, policies that will, will, at the end of the day, uh, bolster American businesses, American family businesses to compete both here at home and around the world. I think you're right on with that. And and what we've learned is 59% of the jobs in this country are generated by family businesses and 54% of the GDP, which is very, very significant. But the one thing I think is lost many times is the philanthropic giving that family businesses do. 80% of them give locally to their local charity or to a local chapter of a national charity. And I'm sure you've seen that in your district. And so with this caucus, we hope to highlight some of those things. And we hope to have uh, two more meetings uh, this year, one in May and one in September. And I guess I would ask you, with your experience, could you talk to us about maybe some of the family businesses in your district that you can you can share any of those stories or the, the philanthropic giving maybe that they do for your community? Sure. Before I, I, I mention names, I can talk about lots of them. It's important to understand that when we're talking about philanthropy, it runs at all levels. There are large family businesses. Some of the largest businesses in America are, in fact, family businesses. And uh, the founders, owners of those companies could have foundations uh, making large philanthropic gifts. You'll see their names on this uh, institution or in that building. But it's also the mom and pop, sole practitioner, small owners. Go to any Little League baseball game. And uh, I suspect you will see on the backs of the jerseys, whether it's baseball, soccer, softball, whatever it case might be, might be, you're going to see the, the local real estate agency, which is more likely than not a family business, the the car dealership that more likely than not is going to be a family business. Uh, so they are a part of our communities uh, at the very root uh, and, and center of the spirit and, and nature of our communities. We see it all, all the time. We have uh, businesses that start out as, as family business businesses. One of the largest in, in our area in Chicago is a company called Apt. Uh, they are an appliance retailer, largest single point appliance retailer in the country. Started, I think they're third, maybe now I've been into the fourth generation. You can't go into any neighborhood without seeing an app truck, uh, whether it's delivery or service working in, in that neighborhood. But you also see them in the community. That's an example of a small business. Uh, I had a client, uh, Jessup Manufacturing. Again, a small family business, third generation, have evolved and changed over the years. Uh, moving into different industries, but they're a part of their community. The list can go on and on uh, of companies that, as I said before, some are large companies making major grants to initiatives within a community, and some are are smaller companies that are sponsoring little league teams or the the Rotary Club, whatever the case may be. Well, so Representative Snyder, many family businesses operate as a pass-through entity. In fact, that we know 80% of them operate as a pass-through in the most recent survey that we just did in early this year, um, either an LLC, an LP, or an S-Corp. And so they are paying ordinary income tax, you know, 37% versus corporate America, 21%. And while this caucus is not a policy caucus, we understand it's an education caucus. Based on you know your view of uh, the future in this this Congress this Congress this session of Congress, do you see any positive or maybe negative change that would affect pass through uh, organizations? Uh, so you're a hundred percent right that uh, most family businesses, most businesses in America are are pass through entities, S corp LLCs, etc. Uh, and, and there's a reason for that. C corps have uh, certain benefits, but uh, uh, C corps 
pay a lower tax rate, but then you have a, a tax on on the uh, on dividends as as well. A pass through entity allows that to be taxed at the individual owner's rate. Uh, when we had the um, last tax major tax bill in, in in 2017, and this gets to the point of why it's so important to have the family business caucus, the changes that were initially discussed didn't take into fully into account the needs of uh, pass through entities and in particular the uh, the family businesses. I don't see anything specifically happening this Congress, in part because we have a split control that Democrats in the Senate, Republicans in, in the House. But um, tax policy doesn't typically happen in a short period of time. It happens across a number of years. And so again, it's one of the reasons this caucus is so important to be able to educate members, both Republicans and Democrats, on the challenges family businesses face, understanding that, especially when you get into third, fourth, fifth generation, uh, it's already hard. Less than 10% make it to the, the third generation, 1% to the fourth generation, that you start having passive and active owners. You start having family uh, branches. But the role these businesses play in the community, it's important to make sure that the stability is provided for them. So I don't see any specific legislation affecting family businesses on the horizon in the near term. Having this caucus, I think, will help drive policy in a way that support and help our family businesses grow. Well, I'm going to follow up on your comment about the you know split in Congress with Democrats and Republicans. The Republicans obviously controlling the House and the Democrats controlling the Senate. Uh, in this sense, is that do you see any not just legislation but regulation that could possibly affect family businesses, not just tax but you know other kind of regulation? And and specifically, the Treasury has proposed in the past elimination of valuation discounts for family-owned businesses. So we're concerned about that. Um, do you see with this split Congress that there could be any legislation or regulation positively or negatively uh, impacting family businesses? So as you're talking about split Congress, let me split the question into pieces as well. So first with uh, the partisanship in Congress and, and the different control in the two uh, houses, we are in a hyper-partisan moment, which creates all kinds of, of dynamics. Within that, however, there are constantly efforts of which I'm frequently involved trying to bridge that gap to reach across the aisle. So, for example, I'll mention the Problem Solvers Caucus. We formed the Problem Solvers Caucus in 2017. This is our fourth Congress that uh, we've been in existence. And with the uh, addition of new members recently, earlier this month, uh, we now have 33 Democrats, 33 Republicans. It's the largest that caucus has been. So there's what I'll take as a positive sign of people on both sides of the aisle wanting to find ways to work together and, and come up with solutions. So, so that's an important thing. But there's also, in addition to the partisan divide, we have the separation of powers. So the regulation is, is you know, comes from the administration, uh, but we can voice our opinions. And again, this is where I think the caucus can have an important role. You mentioned regulations that could adversely affect family businesses. When we see them, we should speak out. And, and it's oftentimes that members of Congress will write a letter uh, to the administration saying we support something or we have concerns about something. Having this caucus, uh, having champions on both sides of the aisle, this is a bipartisan caucus, who can then reach out to our colleagues and say, remember I talked to you six months ago about family business and family business uh, opportunities. We have an issue we want your support on. It builds. So as we see things, we'll respond to them. Uh, but uh, as far as regulations, those come from the, the administration. We will weigh in as as necessary to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support our family businesses in the country. 
I'm so glad you mentioned the Problem Solvers Caucus because I was going to ask you about that. Anyway, it is a very important caucus. We're so pleased that you're on it. Um, they do great work. And um, so, again, we're really hopeful because of that caucus that there will be some, you know, positive legislation affecting Americans in general. Uh, you also, you know, talked about how family businesses can help. Um, and is there other other suggestions you have other than coming here and telling their story, meeting locally with their members of Congress? What can they do to inform their members of Congress about their businesses and the good work that they do? Yeah, you're, you hit a, a key point. It's important for family business owners to come to Washington, to, to go on the Hill, talk to their representative, but also tell their stories to other representatives as well as you said, uh, meeting with the representatives in their offices, but also invite your representative to your company. I do something called Brad at your business. We like alliteration. But I'll go and I'll, I'll spend a, an afternoon or a morning at a company. Uh, I'll meet with the, the leadership team or the owners in the case of family business. I'll talk to employees. We do company town halls where we meet them in, in the lunchroom and, and they can ask any questions they have, which is important part of the, of the relationship. But it's also important for the representatives to hear and see the stories of the companies. So an another company in my district is Bell Flavors and Fragrances. This is a hundred year old company. I've been there probably a half dozen times over the last 10 years. We do a program called Steen Scholars, high school students introducing them to science and technology. We visited Bell and the, the students got to see the work that they do in food science and, and uh, fragrances. Those relationships make a real difference because the more that members of Congress can appreciate and then explain to their colleagues what they're seeing back at home, what's important back at home, how the actions we take in Washington can have an effect, positive or negative back at home, the better policies we get. So I'm in this final question I'm going to ask of you, Karen, and then I'll, I'll ask if either of you have any final comments. And that question is, Karen, I know you've been associated with other caucuses in the past. What do you see in terms of agenda items maybe going forward or what kind of work do you see this caucus doing, not just this year, but going, but next year and you know future years. Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked with um, obviously closely with the Congressional Black Caucus, but also uh, my former boss Karen Bass um, uh, also was the co-founder of the Congressional Caucus on Foster Youth, and I, kind of similar to this caucus, there was no legislative agenda. Every spring, they would bring up about a hundred former foster youth to meet with their members of Congress. They would wear these blue sashes and you could always spot them on the Hill. And it wasn't about anything particular to legislation. It was about really sharing their stories of what their experience was like growing up in the, the, the foster care system. Similarly, this caucus has an amazing opportunity to lift up the voices of family-owned businesses and make sure that they have a seat at the table. And as the congressman has said, that they are considered as policies and regulations are discussed and debated in Washington, D.C. So in addition to additional meetings that we have in D.C. later this year, I think an important 
piece of the caucus's work will be partnering with FEUSA to identify family-owned businesses in each member's district so that they can start to form a bit of an advisory council to have a kitchen cabinet, if you will, at each member's fingertips. So that as those debates are, are raging in DC, uh, especially in a presidential uh, election year, they have uh, businesses that, that they know are, are doing really good work in their district and in their home state that they can reach out to and get a sense from them of how those ideas will impact them on the ground. And also to make it a two-way street so that uh, they they're, are getting the feedback, kind of the canary in the coal mine, if you will, of how inflation or other policies are, or uh, trends are impacting them uh, in their district and in their home state. And I, another piece of this, just listening to both of you, Pat and, and Congressman Snyder, you are both so well-versed in these issues and the, the facts and figures around family-owned businesses. There's an opportunity here to make sure that all members of Congress, both in the House and the Senate, are equipped with those stats and lifting up the survey results of FEUSA and the responses that they're getting from family-owned businesses. Uh, and so I think that's really important work for the caucus to take on as well. Well, Representative Snyder, I'm going to give the final word to you. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with us? I do. And Pat, I'll start with a thank you. Thank you for um, this time to talk and talk about family business, something I'm very passionate about. Uh, thank you for helping us put together the, the Family Business Caucus. It's a it's a really important thing. And uh, as Karen said, I was smiling, Karen, because I, I remember my first year here seeing those blue sashes. And I got on the elevator and asked someone, what's the blue sash for? And they told me. And it's more than you just described, because they spend the day with the member. And the members are introducing their guest with the sash and why they're here. And it really is very informative. It's not hard to find family businesses, Pat. You mentioned it's the... Uh, the majority of companies in our country are uh, somehow, I have a very broad definition of a family business. You have multiple family members in the business. Uh, you have multiple family members who own the business. Uh, you have um, multiple family family members who have an identity that's related to the business. Uh, it makes it a family business. Walk down any main street. The majority of those businesses are going to be family businesses. Go into a industrial park and just look at the names on the signs and you will see the big companies, the IBM, the Intels, the Microsofts. But within there, you're going to see um, buildings that have uh, either a family name or some other local name that is a local company. And so, Karen, to your point, the idea of having local chapters, it doesn't need to be my advisory group. It's local chapters who can rely on each other and develop their proposals and then talk to us. And uh, there are so many things we can do. So, I think the sky's the limit for the potential for Family Business Caucus, because I know the sky's the limit for our family businesses as a nation. Well, this has been a real pleasure uh, speaking with both of you today. With so much going on, I really want to thank you for your time. It's been fascinating. I know our family business listeners have learned a lot, and we'll be looking forward to having you both again uh, once this Family Business Caucus moves forward. So thank you both for being on the call and the podcast today. We hope you liked today's show and we hope you subscribe to the podcast where each episode describes the critical issues affecting multi-generational family businesses around the country. You can find the podcast wherever you download your podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Enterprise USA podcast. This is the only series devoted exclusively to the critical issues facing America's family businesses, the families that own them, 
and family offices. We hope you liked this episode. Please make sure to subscribe and tell others about our podcast. Your voice in Washington, D.C. and throughout the country can make a difference. This podcast is sponsored by Intellex, global manufacturer of sustainable ingredients for the beauty and personal care industries. We look forward to having you listen to us next time.